it's alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. Right, hello. <laughs> Come back with a mild concussion. Welcome to the Bad Taste Buds. Dreadful delights. The Bad Taste Bud. No, I'm not doing the voice again. The Bad Taste Bud Halloween special where we delve deep into the very best of the very worst of horror cinema. Welcome to the Bad Taste Buds, the third attempt where Liam tries to get the intro right. Without any spoilers. Welcome to the Bad Taste Buds, dreadful delights, the Bad Taste Buds Halloween special, where we delved... I said I was not going to do the voice, and I did it twice. No, you didn't actually just say that on this take. Oh, well, I wasn't on <laughs> this take. This is the third time we've done this, because both times I tried to do the intro, I spoiled the end of the movie that we're going to discuss today. So I'm, like, coming back mid-concussion, because I banged my heads. Um... I'm going to try my best to power through. Yeah, I'm let's gonna, blame the idiocy on let's that. Let's blame that. This is the Halloween show where we delve deep into the very best of the very worst of horror cinema. I'm your host, Liam, and joining me today is the gorgeous co-host. Oh. I didn't have to, I didn't have a joke lined oh. up because I uh, the joke was, was a spoiler. spoiler. Um, but hi, Ryan. It's me and you again. Again. It's, can't get rid of me. Again. Again. This is our very first. This is part two of our Halloween special. Uh, delicious delights. Nope. Dreadful delights. Fuck me. Why do I struggle so uh, much with this? You might get it by the 30th episode. By the episode. last episode, I'll be like, yeah, I know the name of the show now. Uh, but this is our very first modern horror film review. I want to congratulate both of us on finally getting to cover a film that came out in the last five years. Yay. It's taken 30 episodes, but we're finally relevant. Finally. For now. For now. <laughs> Today, we are covering 2021's James Wan directed movie, Mo. Who? Jim, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't call me out because I, I knew I fucked up the second you said it. James Wan, singular. There's just one James. <laughs> James Wan's malignant. We're gonna do the movie malignant. Do you want to do the episode? I clearly have a, a slight concussion. I am. I'm doing it. I'm here. <laughs> this is the later, latest effort from horror aficionado James Wan, who I've had a, quite a turbulent relationship as a horror fan. I either absolutely adore what he does, or I just can't stand it. Back where he belongs, after a weird little deviation into the world of subpar superhero films and Fast and the Furious movies. You had your fun, you made your money, <laughs> now let's get back to where he belongs, mate. Not doing any of that shit anymore, please. You, you know he directed, like, the like, thing was Fast and Furious 5 or something? Yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman, which I've yeah. not seen. I no, I've seen you, 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 saw, you started watching Aquaman, but you fell asleep. I remember because oh, I powered through. Yeah, not great, not great. But he's he's back where he needs to be. He's back where he belongs. Honestly, with this uh, Giallo-inspired thriller of absolute absurdity and honestly, several strokes of pure genius from my perspective. A lot I of people agreed. are very either very marmite on this, either loving or hating it. I don't see where the hate is. I, I, I right. I don't want to blow my my load too soon, but. Just, just trust me, this is this is a movie that you're going to want to pay attention to, I think. Malignant tells the story of Madison, a young woman trying for her fifth child after a series of miscarriages. Paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, her torments worsen as she discovers her waking dreams are realities and that an old imaginary friend by the name of Gabriel might have some unfinished business with her. Now, I want to say from the outset that we we do want to do spoilers on this film. We want to delve as deep as possible into Malignant. Um, we want to we want to cut the tumor out, as they say, or is it cut the cancer out? Sorry, cancer. yeah, it's not a tumor; it's cancer. <laughs> 
This is the best. Good recovery. This is the best movie. Thank you. This is the best movie about a tumor since Kindergarten Cop. I'm going to say it right there. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I'm going to say is let's do a quick non-spoilery recommendation or nay uh, for Malignant. So if you haven't seen it, you can scurry on off to the cinema, um, tell tell your friends uh, to get their asses and watch this film so you can come back and listen to us. Because this is, from my, from my perspective, this is the most fun I've had in the cinema all year. Oh, it was really like, good for me. Without a shadow of a doubt. I had a fantastic time. It's not the best film I've seen all year. It's not Wan's best film either, but it's fucking, it's, it's, it's immensely enjoyable. Like, it's immensely enjoyable. It's, it's everything that your little um, 70s uh, video nasty exploitation uh, horror movie gore fest heart will want. Um, uh, Action packed too. Action packed. Uh, relentlessly funny, which is something I'm going to get to a little bit later in the review because I've had some issues with James Wan in comedy before, but I was laughing consistently throughout. And there it's twists and turns. There's there are several. Like he even does that saw um, twisty music that always. That I always remember it. I don't know if you remember the do do do. Do, 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 when he's like revealing the twist. Yes. Um, he does that. that again, obviously not with the same music, but it's it's heavily sore inspired. I'll say that. I it's will. heavily Jello inspired. So those people who are kind of fans of Argento and Barber. But also, I think it starts off in Jello territory and then ends up in Trauma territory. Oh, by the third act. Yeah. <laughs> but then ends up even something closer akin to something uh, by Roger Corman or Stuart Gordon, those kind of fans of Reanimator and Basket Case and all those ridiculously pulpy 80s horror films. You're going to love this. You're going to see it. You're going to get the reference. You're going to get the joke. And you're going to be there for two hours having the best time of your life. So that, that's where I want to end my little spoilery, non-spoilery review, sorry, is with a solid 8 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I'm giving it 8 out of 10. Eights. Uh, I, was gonna, I, I didn't think of a, uh, of a arbitrary, arbitrary one. one for this. So uh, let me think really quickly. No, eight, eight miscarriages out of 10. Stage three, three out of four. Jesus Christ. I was like, mine's going to be really, really in poor taste. And then you do stage three out of four. Jesus fuck. <laughs> it might be arbitrary, <laughs> but at least it has a theme for the yeah, Right. Okay. So yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Malignant in depth now, guys. So if you haven't seen the film or if you want to see the film, um, I would recommend going to see it. Ryan would recommend go see it. Turn the podcast off now. Come join us after you've watched it. And we're going to go uh, balls deep into Malignant now, I think. That's my plan anyway. For those of you Sorry. that are back and for those of you who've been to see the movie and do, came do, back. Do, 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 do. <laughs> put some little in- intermission music in there. I hope that was enough time for you. But intermission will take like two hours of that. Spoilers okay. begin. Spoilers begin now if you have been warned. Do you want to make your opening joke? What was my opening joke? I you were going oh, to call me something. No, I was going to call you the uh, parasitic twin that tried to eat me in utero. Was <laughs> gonna, it, was, it was my joke before that we had to cut out. That would be much better. Um, <laughs> I was about to ask the audience what they thought. I was like, so "What did you guys think? What was what was the verdict?" Obviously, and then I obviously realized because you all have great taste. Yeah, well, um, write in with your responses. We will read them live on air. Um, but no, I, this is it's weird seeing a James Wan film again. It's weird seeing a horror James Wan film again because obviously it has been a couple of years. I think the last one that he directed was Conjuring Two. Um, which I have a turbulent relationship with the Conjuring series where I, I absolutely love the first one. I love elements of the, the, the second one. And then the third one's just stupid as fuck, but That's I also kind of love it. it. Yeah, it's great. Stupid. Um, often one falls back for me on too many of his old tried and tested tropes, um, which I think is, is still present in Malignant, but I, I do think this is his most original. This is his most loving. This is his most uh, irreverent 
film since Saw and what Saw came out in 2005, I want to say, from my memory. It might have been even earlier than that. Um, this is my favorite James Wan film since Saw. And that's coming from a guy who had a decent relationship with the Conjuring series. I like the first Insidious. I absolutely hated the second one. I, what, what's your relationship with one? Like, how many one films have you seen? Oh, Insidious. Am I putting you on the spot what's now? What's the second one? Insidious 2. <laughs> oh, the shocker. No, what happens? <laughs> um, it's the one with the two... Uh, it's the one where Patrick Wilson's, like, evil, I think. It's the one with the two Ghostbusters. Okay, so yeah, just really briefly jump piggybacking on that. So two is the reason I don't think James Wan and comedy often go together well, because two is the one where they introduce the... Well, no, they don't introduce them, but the two um, Ghostbusters, the um, Lynn Shay's sidekicks. Right, I've only just remembered what films they are. Is this the one with the the Hollowing or the... It's the one with Darth Maul. What's the the other side place called? Yeah, the... um, It's not the Upside Down, that's fucking Stranger Things. Oh, what is it? (laughs) The Inside Out. The Inside Out or something, yeah, it's something stupid like that. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's that one. Um, They're good haunted house films. They're really fun, stupid haunted house films. There's nothing too serious there. There's nothing too... Uh, long-lasting there, I don't think. Malignant, I think, improves on the Haunted House movie he's been doing by... I, I think he's better in Murder Mystery. I think that's where Saw thrives. I think that's where all, always... I mean, we had this discussion. You clearly did not remember Saw very well. Because <laughs> after the, whole the movie... Plot. After the movie, we were like, well, yeah, it, it's it's very reminiscent of Saw with the with the police officers and I was like, Saw took place in one singular you room. Thought Saw you was talking a, you about? You fully thought, thought Saw was a bottle movie. And I was like, so it was not a bottle movie. There was a whole <laughs> subplot with uh, Miles from Lost and uh, was it, is it, I think it's Danny Glover. I'm pretty sure Danny Glover's in that film as well. Um, it's been a while. But Saw, I think, has that pulpy edge. Um, that is like, the very cool detective thrillers, very violent. One has always known his way around a bucket of blood. And I will, thankfully, uh, I can confirm that the majority of the blood in this is excellent. It's mostly practical effects. I think there are a few CGI splatters. But all of the up-close stuff, all the real nitty-gritty gore that you want to see is practical. Um, creature design. Obviously, we are past spoilers now, so the creature design on Gabriel, for me, is reminiscent of something like Toxic Avenger or something like yeah. Basket Case. Like Extreme, think- just gaudy, hard to look at, but visually striking. That's where this movie um, finds the sweet spot, I think, for me. Between, you're right, this gaudiness, this B-movie, exploitative, nasty, uh, vile... Uh, ugliness how many other adjectives for gross can i think of um and and beauty because there's a lot of reverence for giallo this this 70s exploitation that um, the masters like argento were kind of prevalent in creating that one clearly has a lot of love for clearly has a lot of a reverence for beautiful lingering shots and these beautiful experimental camera angles he uses the ones that like follow um the the oh, the overhead shot. yeah the overhead yeah, shots great you can um, see the like the floor plan of the house as she's walking through upstairs it's james it's james one's most visually experimental and i think highest achieving film to date because you've got the vast sprawling underground of like the abandoned old city that the new city is being built on there's the police station which is still like really large you have like the creepy hospital that looks creepy as fuck all the sets are really lavish yeah (laughs) and from scene one i think as well if you're not aware that you're watching a a b-movie if you're not aware that you're watching exploitation from the opening opening movie that seems to ape both both basket case and jurassic park in the same vein (laughs) of like this super crazy electro demon kids who i mean in the opening scenes we don't get that much information about gabriel but we're aware that this is going to be some extreme pulp horror with even the the deadpan 
it's time to cut the cancer out line. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, from, from, from the word go, I know what I'm signed up for. I know what I'm into here. I know what kind of movie I'm watching. It's like they make it extremely obvious. Like the broken bone at the start in the arm, look, the practical effect looks great, but it's oh, also yeah. very like, oh, once they've got them, oh, see you coming. Like, you know what you're in for. If you don't, then I don't understand where you would get a different impression from. It's delightfully campy. And I honestly don't know people who didn't get that from from scene one, from moment one, if you're not sure what kind of film you're watching. It's 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 camp as Christmas. It's exactly what you want from perfect exploitation. And I think as well that exploitation for me can be very hit or miss. Modern day exploitation, because you can run in foul of the trap of overly obvious exploitation. I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like I've said the word exploitation <laughs> six times. Um but films like Death Proof or Planet Terror or Machete. The ones that are like a hobo with a shotgun or, or, or a rubber. The ones that are like, yeah, yeah, we get it. You're doing it. We're doing, you're doing silly exploitation. Um, but you're almost overly referential and you're almost too concerned about looking like exploitation and too concerned about um, kind of your aesthetics and your, your low film quality and everything that goes with that, that I think they almost forget to do or have fun with it. I know for a fact, Death Proof, the Quentin Tarantino film, um, as much as I think it's visually striking, it's quite an interesting film. It's nothing I've ever wanted to watch twice because I think it's too much trying to be exploitation, whereas Wan is just doing campy, silly, zany, reanimator-style horror, and therefore is it's it's almost exploitative without even feeling like it needed to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, it just very much seemed like they were in for the fun. He came up with an original script, great new ideas, and was like, right, let's make this fun as fuck. I just want everyone to have a great time. And just- oh, yeah. And everyone was having a great time. Me, It was me, you, and my friend Jamie uh, Kelly. Big love to you, Jamie, uh, who went to go see this. Uh, and he's a he's a colossal pussy. He won't mind me saying on um, on episode he he, he hates horror films. He absolutely despises them. He was having a wonderful time hooting and hollering with us in the cinema for this. It was us. I think there was a couple guys in front of us and a few guys, guys behind us. We were the only three hooter and hollering, so maybe we were in on the joke when everyone else wasn't. <laughs> I heard a few chuckles. Yeah, a few chuckles. But th- this is it. It is. It's a horror comedy. A few of my friends were saying, "Oh, well, would you class it as parody?" And I don't think it's parody. No, I think it's outwardly comedic. I think it's absurd to the point that it's absurdist comedy. Yeah, they still make a horror film that, like... Yeah, it's not scary. I was going to say it <laughs> keeps you guessing, but we did both figure out everything pretty quickly. Because there's, like, six twists. Like, you've got to remember that there are about six twists. And, you, yeah, you're right. None of them, they're, they're all extraordinarily telegraphed. They're all visible from a mile away. Like, there's no way I would sit with someone and say, oh, did you... Were you surprised at the ending? But they are genius yeah. in their own rights. It was really fun. <laughs> and they are hysterical in their own rights. Like, the very final twist for me, with the reveal that uh, Emily... Uh, Madison has locked Gabriel in his own mind prison because she has, I don't know, discovered the power of family, I think was the, <laughs> was the actual power that upgrade that she got. It was the blood we made along the way. It was the, the blood we made along the way. But it's this kind of cheesy nonsense that is why you're watching a film like Malignant. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that Wan doubled, tripled, quadrupled downed on the silliness. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, round shout, she now is going about life basically a superhero. She has electromagnetic powers, can interfere with radios and shit. Oh, She's yeah. super strong and agile. That's cool oh, as fuck. it's amazing. It's, it's I cool. mean, if you see what she could do with Gabriel running um, backwards, imagine yeah. what she can do going forwards. They have this B-plot. Um, so the A-plot with Emily and Gabriel and the B-plot with Detective Kokoa, Sure. Oh, he his, was fine. He, who is absolutely delicious. I don't know where they found this uh, Adonis of a man. <laughs> and his partner, Regina Moss. That's Detective Moss to you. That's Detective Moss. She's always um, sucking on a lollipop. 
in every scene again just to add to the uh, not every scene but to add to the flavor of the film and add to the uh the just the silliness of the whole thing it, it just serves as a nice distraction it for does dump. it's the uh the pope in the pool isn't it pope in the pool technique they did that with the cinderella dress uh they did as well yes yeah, so she's got Look a sister, me throwing sister knowledge. serena there's there's quite a few characters in here every single one of these actors does a phenomenal job and i think gets the assignment of what kind of film they're in oh okay Everyone's having loads of fun. Everyone is playing it to 11. It's They're playing it to the back of the room. It's the campiest thing you'll imagine. Um, but everything they do, I think the astral projection scenes, for example, all the all the special effects, I think, are handled with creativity and a level of, again, reverence for the genre, um, artistic integrity. Like, Wan has always been an artist. He's always done interesting things with his scenes and interesting things with his soundtracks. Um, I do have a few... I don't want to say in, in nitpicks, I think, with it. Um, but what, what's your kind of your perspective on this B plot, this um, this detective plot? Do you think it enhanced? Do you think it helped? Or was it? I, there are parts where I thought it was almost slightly distracting. Is what uh, I'm trying to get at. Yeah, but when he was on screen, I didn't well, he's care. Distracting. He's like, just in very general. distracting just by existing. So just by being alive, that helped a I lot. <laughs> we Again. didn't need it because the sister is the one who figured everything right. out. Yeah, it was. It was. One, I think, I think he wanted to lean into the Jalo aspects of it, this mystery, uh, murder mystery aspects of it. But it almost comes off as him doing sore again. Like I said to you, a lot of these scenes I think take you out of the exploitation of it and almost transport you back to the early two thousands. Yeah. Like it oftentimes doesn't know if it wants to be a seventies film or an early two thousands film. Yeah, this is true. I mean, while Regina was entertaining, that charismatic, I loved her, but she wasn't much of a character. She didn't have lords to do. No. She was just no. there to be a sound well, she was there, cacao. Well, she was all cacao. She was also there to be, it's a great name. Every time they say it, I'm so happy. Um, it's a, it, I think she's there as well to funnel a lot of the uh, protagonist's emotional energy into at the end. Like she is the realization that, yeah, you were the, the friends with the blood we made along the way or whatever <laughs> the fuck it was. But there is a level of poignance to it as well. There are some genuinely interesting points made about female empowerment and the male, the way the male society controls females' bodies and the choices that females can make with their own bodies is, is a predominantly controlled by white cis males. Yeah, I mean, it starts off with a boyfriend smacking yeah. the head against the and wall it's a because brutal, she had miscarriages. brutal scene. Like it's, it's, I think there was gasps in the cinema when we saw it, saw it and it, it does almost juxtapose the campy level of it as well, because you think, like, oh, there's some very heavy topics held in this really campy package. But I almost think it helps to get them across more, in a way, than something that was overtly serious or overtly um, tense, I guess. Because there's not a moment where I was scared in this film, so I could more focus on the story and more focus on the comedy and more focus on the on the action. I mean, it definitely has one foot firmly in Jalo. Like you can see the influence and the reverence one has for for the works of Argento and Bala and those pulpy murder mysteries. I would hesitate to fully call it Jalo and think it lands, especially towards the end. So let's get to the the third act of the film. Seven <laughs> twists later, we discover that it goes into sixth gear. It goes into 20th gear. I don't know how cars work. So by this point, <laughs> the sister's in the old hospital where they cut Gabriel out in the first place. She's discovering through videotapes, which they use for every exposition scene. Fucking love it. To Fucking love show it. that he was a twin that grew in utero. He was attached to the back of it. He was making her see things because they have the same brain. And then he was trying so to close. kill her little sister. She figures it out. But by this point, 
the mother of Gabriel... Who's locked in the attic. Who was locked in the attic is in a coma and the police have found her and now our protagonist is locked in jail and Gabriel is about to smack down some I'm glad you started the jail scene because I want to talk about the jail scene, but this twist is so manically and magically stupid that it... it, I feel like it's the perfect (laughs) level of stupid where if it was any less stupid, it would have been annoying. But the fact that they got it this stupid means it's genius, like genuinely genius. And then, yeah, it turns into Basket Case. Uh, a Basket Case and the Matrix had a had a baby. Yeah. And that baby went on a killing spree. Oh, perfect that's explanation. That's the movie that, that's the movie it turns into. And, and who does not want to watch that movie? Holy shit, it's genius. Like he, uh, well, I say he, she, Gabriel is a boy, she's a girl, they just decimate an entire police station, like Jailbirds, police officers there is nobody i think they leave like three people alive in this massive like (laughs) precinct of police officers and it's glorious it is just a bloodbath that scene was better than anything i saw in shang chi i think any fight scene in that yeah it was just so 100 100%. 100%. even the cgi bits didn't bother me because they were silly and they were fun and they were uh, used for around dodging bullets john woo bullet time is what Gabriel's he's been watching his kung fu movies clearly because they don't really explain it either they don't explain how Gabriel's so inhumanly powerful or uh, can control electricity as well because that's a big plot point that keeps popping up but again they don't need to because this is dumb this is trauma this is exploitative it's perfect it's so much fun um, if you can't tell by how erect I am uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I have nothing but glowing recommendations for this I do we'll talk about one more scene one more genius scene is the the very finale where um Gabriel is going to murder his biological mum. He gets there. Madison gets there. They have this weird little psychic battle. Um, Sydney gets there as well, the sister. Uh, and Madison <laughs> basically tricks Gabriel into thinking he's killed the sister and then reveals that he's trapped in his own mind prison. All the while, Detective Coco is bleeding out in the background. Literally. Nobody checks on him, bless the guy. The film ends without a confirmation of death. He could be... But the film also ends with a potential sequel bait, so you never know. Yeah, never you know. never know. Could be back. I thought that scene was one of the greatest scenes I've seen in, in cinema history. If I'm being entirely oh, honest, well, while it was we were ob- howling, yeah, we were howling. While it was obvious that it was going to be like, oh, he obviously hasn't killed them, and she's now controlling what he sees. Just the fact that he comes in the start, throws so the sword, the sword in the cow's chest, he flies out of the hallway, and even after all this is said and done, the sisters <laughs> are just hugging. Yeah. They just leave him out there. Well, absolutely, there's fine. a level of super villainy that I think says that Gabriel may be one of the. First First horror villains I've fucking loved in a while. Oh, like I've yeah. missed this type of horror villain. This he fits nicely with the Freddies and the Michael Myers and the Chuckies of the world as just insanely stupid but insanely genius all at the same time. I'm ready to do some final thoughts. Uh, is there any other scenes you want to bring up that we missed? I think there's. I mean, this, this film is loaded with genius scenes. Oh yeah. The, like- the first reveal of of. Um, of, of Gabriel as a child is disgusting and beautiful. I, I could go on and on about this film, but I also very am aware of time. <laughs> it's like the sprawling chases through the underground and... Yeah. There's full parkour scenes, isn't it? Yeah, man. There's Assassin's there's Creed, but with monsters. Massive kill count, which is always great for a movie like this. Always great. Uh, most of them happen in the third act, and it's just fantastic. And the little detail, the sword is in the background of the opening scene. That's used to kill everyone, the trophy. It's very clever. Um, I'm ready to do some final thoughts. Are you ready to do some final thoughts? Yeah. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. 
I have lost my notes on my final thoughts, so we're doing it live. If this goes badly, blame Ryan. <laughs> I really enjoyed this film. I don't... Do people go in with the mindset of like, oh, I'm going to watch a really spooky, scary horror film? Because spooky I think they just films. ruin it for themselves at that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Try and go in blank with an open mind that you're in for a world of fun. Yep. Like you may not be scared, but you are going to have a good time if you oh, just yeah. let yourself be open to it. It's pretty. The sets are great. The characters are great. The actors are really good. Absolutely wonderful. The story's fun. It's over the top. Gabriel has some great like the prison scene again just when they're smacking around all the other prisoners it's just great iconic love a monster in a cage with some bait oh yeah oh yeah it, it's it's a genius scene are you gonna give it an arbitrary review i already did you I'm already did to do it again you it was already you scared to do it again it was a bit uh it was a racy joke was a might much. get cancelled for that i'm gonna apologize in advance for ryan's racy jokes i just try to be thematic it, it, this is the problem I can't, I, I can't tell you off because it's on theme and it's on brand for the movie and james wan made the jokes in the film so you know <laughs> i give it oh shit i was just gonna go straight to my fucking review um do you, i'll let you think of your arbitrary review while i do mine this is james wan's best films in saw this is unequivocally james wan's best films in saw it is immeasurably more fun than any of the conjuring films or insidious films with its heart firmly placed in giallo and exploitation in roger corman and stuart gordon in these pulpy horror icons of the 70s that we love so fucking much um eking into a lot of early noughties horror which which arguably yes is probably one of my least favorite periods of time but then again you've you, this is when one came to fruition this is when one started building his career as one of the greatest horror directors of our time so i think him going back to his roots has actually saved him from a lot of what i thought he, he's kind of running out of cool ideas he's kind of running out of interesting thoughts this is this is basket case on crack cocaine it's belial uh, if he was uh neil from the matrix and that's kind of all the description I should need to give you. And you should know that you need to see this film immediately uh, if you haven't already. If you have seen it and you disagree with me, all I can say is you're wrong. You so uh, wrong. I'm giving it uh, eight baskets out of case. Nice. I'm going to give it. I am going to give it quadruplets out of quintuplets. I love it. That's actually quite clever for you. It's <laughs> not bad at all for you. Did you like quadruplets and a half. Quadruplets and a half. Quintuplets. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two of our... I haven't got my notes in front of me, and I'm trying to remember the name of the show so badly. Dreadful Dreadful Delights. delights. Dreadful Delights. Dreadful Delights. Got it. Um, Thank you for joining us for episode two. We have had so much fun doing these first two episodes with you. Next week, we are going to be doing one of our main episodes, which you'll be happy to hear. All of the crew are back. We've got Jack. We've got Hannah. We've got Ryan and me again. Uh, we might even have a special guest for you, Andre, so very shortly, but we are not going to confirm that. Spooky <laughs> guests. We're going to add more to the 13 Ghost Collection, <laughs> the glass fucking ghost prison that we've got under our basement. Next week, we are doing Manos, The Hands of Fate. One of, I would call this a heavy hitter. This is going to be a heavy hitter episode as far as best worst goes, so be prepared to uh, fate some hands <laughs> next week, there guys. <laughs> hands some fates over, you know. There you go, some fates, mate. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, do check us out on Instagram at Bad Taste Buds Pod, Twitter at Bad Taste Buds Pod, and Facebook at Bad Taste Buds Podcast. And please let us know what you think about this film. Please I do. do love to read all. Unless comments. you don't like it, because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Bye. Sorry. Right. Where are we? What we're doing? Literally, come back with a man. <laughs> what, what are we doing right now? No, because I literally, like, the minute I was about to get on mic, and I just smacked my head on the fucking beam above our bed that has all our board games, and I've just cracked the back of my head open, awakening the parasitic demon that lives in the side of the back of my spine. 
and controls me. Well, we can't um, use that now. <laughs> why? That's not a spoiler. Oh, it is kind of a spoiler. It's absolutely a tell spoiler. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. Put this as like an after the credit scene then. A little joke <laughs> I'm at the end. To. You're going to have to. I'm your host, Liam. And joining me is the parasitic twin that tried to eat me in utero, Ryan. We can't use this either. Oh, shit. <laughs> He had this whole big speech. No, that's that not much. Spoilers. I don't think that one's much of a spoiler. That's like the opening scene. There's like, oh no, it's not, is it? No, fuck. 